Welcome everyone to the Film Vault. That is Anderson. I'm Brian Bush. We're your hosts for today. How's my camera? You're very low. You look very low. Because <laughs> I got the uh, cushions now. You were very kind to give me your cushions. I think you're trying to prove a point or something over there. I'm not. There you go. That's a little bit better. Because yeah, your head's so big, too, so you should you know, have less headroom. Yeah. But you just... You're so low that and yet, you, here I am. Even with your giant head, you have head. Headroom. You've mentioned the giant head now three times in the span. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, it hasn't changed in that span. Mm. I'm too high. I'm gonna be honest. Too high. All right, here we go. I mean, not you. like not druggy high. I'm always high? a little hey, high. Hey, look at me. You high? Well, a little high on life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. I right, got some plug fashions coming your way. We're gonna talk about uh, Amsterdam. Going to talk about Ooh. the triangle of sadness, Aye. as well as a listener assigned films that are in our notes. I'm only asking because I don't see it in front of me. Hold on. Oh, Brian, Brian. Do I have it? Do I have it? Did you see the movie? I mean, sure. I, to, for credit to you, I mean. David uh, Gulick. Love to, David Gulick. Did you say the title of the movie? I did not. I said a film that was assigned to me. To be fair, the title does not stick with you at all. No, I, I keep forgetting the title, even though that's rare. Usually, once I see a movie, like it's stuck in my, you know, it's there. But uh, Over the Edge is not the type of uh, uh, title that sticks with you at all. I had to go back and look many times. Like, what's this fucking movie called? But uh, that said, it, the movie sticks with you, I, I would imagine. Mm. So uh, we'll mm. talk. I have, I have some things to say about that one. Uh, you know what I have nothing to say about, Bray Bray? What's that? Oh, this hurts. This one hurts. I have nothing to say about Amsterdam. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, that was quick. Because I'm not one of those Yelp reviewers who goes on and says, you know what? I've never been to this establishment, but... Oh, you haven't seen it? I haven't seen Amsterdam. Oh, no. Are you going to? Is it banned? I think I'm going to have to see it. I, you got it. You got it. It's a David Russell movie. Even though it's not, spoiler alert, it's not great. Mm. You got to complete the uh, the oeuvre. Well, the altar told you that one. That's right. Well, I didn't see it either. <laughs> yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes score would have kept Brian in, in his... Uh, what made you go see it? Because Rotten Tomatoes told you not to. There is... I, I was thinking about this. There's a lot to think about while the movie's happening. <laughs> and I was thinking about this. I don't think there is a director whose movies, Very. All, all the movies I've seen of this director, I either love or hate. Mm. I don't think there's David Isn't Russell that, movie I've seen that I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay. Hmm. I, I, I either love them or hate them. And uh, this was... Uh, middling. This, this, fell, this fell somewhere in those two. <laughs> in, 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 in between, in, in the middle. Oh, I no. want you to talk oh, no. about it. No, no. The, uh, the streak is still oh, alive. Oh, really? The no alive. middling films. Okay. No right. middling films for David Arrowsmith. Strike out or a home run? We'll find out. I One need to hear it. Foul tip into the catcher's <laughs> glove. Strike three. I mean, that's middling, right? No. Right, foul, strike out on a foul tip? No. Tell your dog to shut his fucking mouth. How about that? You tell your dog to shut the fuck up. Did you hear that before he did it? Obviously not. Yeah. Yes. What am I predicting that he's <laughs> going to the door closed? Did you close the door? Oh, yes, I'm sure I did. Why? Why is your dog? Listen, I'll check. I'll go check. Thanks, Avery. Uh, thanks, Avery. I got a good excuse as to why you I did not bark go, more, go see the Amsterdam. Yeah, it's your racist joke. That's hilarious. No, he when Avery came in today, he barked at him. Okay, I I didn't go see the old Amsterdam over there. I I had my ticket, went to the car. I was about to on my way to the theater. Very late you showing. Had second thoughts. Um, Avery, please. Uh, no, second thoughts is not the right word. My car. <laughs> God, I hate Produce silence. You, you busted yourself up with your little joke that you thought of, which was produce silence, that you couldn't even say it. Like you you pre-laughed. You pre-busted your stuff up with I a thought. I can't compose myself. Hmm. So my car got tossed for the first time um, in years your and years. Your car got tossed. Yeah, meaning somebody oh, went into, into my car. Oh. 
somehow the doors were locked too. The alarm was on. Somehow they bypassed that. Aren't you on a? You're sort of on not a not a call. It's the safest street I've ever lived on. Yeah, probably. I was going to say your street's very quiet. It took me by surprise when I went out to the car, and it's a bizarre it's a bizarre set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. I can tell you this: they left the credit cards because I do have like emergency credit cards in there. They Smart. they pulled them out and just tossed them. Wait, you got robbed? What did I miss? Yeah, the car got my car got broken into, and that's what I discovered when I was going to see Amsterdam. And uh, it's it's bizarre. Uh, there's a, a, a camera, like a, a photography uh, reflector was left in its bag. Those are expensive. Kind of. I threw it away because it was used, and God knows who, uh, why. So he forgot that. I'm assuming it's a he. He left that in my car. He he left equipment in the car? He left something in my car, and he took off with 10-year-old Vicodin. So he was obviously wow. just looking for drugs, and here's the weirdest part. Couldn't he have sold the... I think he might have stole that from another car and he was so excited to see the Viking in his hot little hand. Oh, I thought it was your reflector. No, no, no. He left. Like, that was new. That's a pretty good trade. I I threw it away, though, because it was the the, the reflector. I took it out. It was in working order, but it was like kind of peeling away. It was old. It was a newer, so it's not. It was like the heroin board you got from Costco. I don't know what he was doing with that. And why did he leave it in my car? Maybe he was, I don't know. So the car felt violated. I went inside. I'm like, Jillian, please tell me you're looking for something in the car. She's like, no. And so. He got he got twelve uh, year old or ten year old Vicodin, which I had recently procured at an estate sale. I probably shouldn't admit that, but you know I was, I was buying things at an estate sale. I've heard this. <laughs> you know, I went into the uh, you know sometimes you look in the medicine cabinet and like you know the people that no longer live there will have like very old <laughs> pain medication. Sometimes, I got a bad back. <laughs> sometimes you cop, you know. I forgot. I forgot it was in there. It's been in there for maybe a week and a half. It's the you, first time in ever that that car has ever had drugs in it. You should try feels. It's the first time ever that car has ever had pain medication in it, uh, opiates. That's hard ever. to believe. And within 10 days. No, well, Julian true. might have a habit. Within 10 days, right. somebody sniffs it out. It's fucking bizarre. And so, yeah, I was, uh, I had to, I had was to make, the pill bottle visible? Could they see? No, it, it was in the uh, center console. It was I forgot the, it was even in there. <laughs> it was on the dashboard like a hula yeah, girl. That's right. I'm like, Jillian, they got nothing. <laughs> they took nothing. And, you know, there's a couple of things, some Ray-Ban sunglasses and stuff in there. Uh, all of Atticus's hockey equipment was in there. So by the time I got it all sorted out, put everything back and kind of, uh, like I would have been late to the movie. So I'm like, ah, Amsterdam, you're going to have to wait. I'm sorry. I thought about calling cops, but I'm like, ah, we're not going to talk to them about the, the, yeah, what's the like my stolen Vicodin that was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> that felt weird. I can go blinder. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Simpsons reference. When the cops show up to the blind guy's house who has the Simpsons dog and he has a marijuana. Mm. Hey, chief, events of marijuana. Mm. Uh, yeah, I could, I, that's, that's medicinal. I could go blinder. <laughs> you remember that? Oh. That's a good scene. Sounds great. Hey, you're one of those people that puts uh, the, the spider webs up wrong. Uh, yeah, they're cheap spider webs. No, they're all cheap, but like you, you got to actually stretch those fuckers out. No, like, yeah. it just I looks didn't like, do any of them. It looks like somebody opened up a, a cheap pillow and just emptied it onto yeah. your plants. I don't they're, like that. They're not great. I don't like that. All not right. right. Let's, get to, uh, let's get to the show. So you didn't like Amsterdam. <laughs> you didn't like the idea of going. <laughs> I actually drove all the way to the theater, too, and I'm like, I'm going to be fucking late. Plus, I'm just going to be thinking about how my car was. Vi- it's a weird feeling. And this it, lasts, a- it lasts for like 24 oh, hours or so when you get when you get. Yes, yeah, the worst. My car has been rifled through. It's I mean, it's funny because you're like, eh, I'm not, I think to myself, well, it's my fault for leaving it unlocked. I'm like, yeah. Is it not in- incorrect to go rifling through someone's car, whether it's locked or not? What's weird is I locked my car. Actually, Jillian and I were on our 10 year wedding anniversary date the night Happy before. Thank man. you. 
and drove that we got back at a very reasonable hour atticus was still awake when we got oh you know where we went we went to clifton's fucking tight clifton's uh, cafeteria oh, downtown LA. that's the shit with the tiki bar finally you went went upstairs it was packed with hipsters so we, we, we bailed but downstairs i must have all ride awesome. home amazing i'll talk more about all of this on on the old it's after like et ride the bar it's great it is it's, it's like it's great it's like et ride at the bar it's right it's, it's amazing with taxidermy shit everywhere it's fantastic yeah. place is great all that's right. one of my go-tos love it if you're in la if you're coming to travel, I don't you know waste too much time on Hollywood Boulevard. You got to do what you got to do, but check out Clifton's. I, it was, I'd never been there. Been yeah, reading like four about four bars in one. It's amazing. Hearing about it for years. Wow. It's, it was open in 1931. Yeah, multiple stories. It's a cafeteria. I can't imagine going down. Open in 1931, and then it shuttered for like 30 years or something, and then they opened it back up not too long ago and restored it to its original like, splendor and beauty. And it was just a cafeteria that people just go in there and like take for granted. I guess back in the 30s, 40s. You would like it. There's bougie ballroom dancing on one level. I do like the idea of it, but... In tuxes listen, and... I, if I was on trial for my life and required to show up at the courthouse downtown, I would consider it. <laughs> so you're saying you don't like downtown? There's nothing redeemable about downtown. What, what are you saying this um, from? Like, when, when's the last time you spent any time down in downtown? Uh, 1999. Are you serious? No, I go downtown every once in a while. Because I mean, you, you, they didn't even have a supermarket down there for the longest time. I know, like, was, I, dude. I was at USC when they built the fucking Staples. Center. I used to go there uh, when I was in film school, and we'd shoot stuff on the streets on like Saturdays and Sundays. Like you could shoot a, like a zombie apocalypse. Like everyone's gone. Yep, it, it was. Yeah, it's hard to explain to people who only know the Staples Center era, whatever it's called now, Bitcoin.com. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a ghost town. It's crazy. It's a total ghost town. It's starting to die out again, too, because oh, really? all the hipsters or the young people that moved out there uh, who wanted to live that lifestyle are now looking for cul-de-sacs oh, with their nice. families because yeah, they're aging out. Your so, yeah. like, stay away. They rob Stay away. Car. They rob your bike. You're stolen bike. All right. Uh, quick, quick uh, notes from last week. Yes, I heard from many of you, and rightfully so, about my number one pick on last week's episode not being gay, at least not his character the way that it was written uh, for the screen in The Fifth oh. Element. I'm talking about Chris oh, Tucker. Chris Tucker. Oh. Ruby Rod. Uh, in my defense, even though you're absolutely right, and he shouldn't have been on the list. <laughs> in my defense, he sounded gay. In my, my defense, defense, he had a list. <laughs> I actually, I thought of this, and I have thought of this like prior to putting him on the list. I've thought, and especially learning what I learned about Chris Tucker afterwards, I would imagine, and I, you know, this is all just conjecture. I would imagine that Luke Besson wrote him as gay, and he was written as gay, and he was going to be a gay character. And Chris Tucker's like, I love this character, but let's have him. Get, get down with the ladies. Maybe it was like a futuristic prince like I saw some people uh, suggesting. Uh, however, I would think that Chris Tucker is like, look, I'll do this character. I'll be flamboyant for you, but I don't want to be gay. Right. I could see that happening. Okay, Either way, uh, yeah, sure. he's not a gay character. Shouldn't have been number one on my list. Shouldn't have been on my list, period. So I'm going with the uh, the man baby uh, bully uh, from Pee Wee. Francis, Francis Buxton? Yeah, yeah, I think he's gay. He's gay? I think it might be. We got a thing for Pee Wee. I would argue that he's less gay than Chris Tucker. I mean, I can't have Chris Tucker on my list anymore because you see, he sure. goes down on women and whatnot. Allegedly. Which, it was also pointed out to me, I believe, on the Patreon uh, message board that uh, a comment section that uh, for a gay man, that apparently that's the worst thing you can do. Your least perform favorite oral? thing is perform oral on the old uh, the lady bits over there. They don't they don't like that. Well, there's oh, a lot it, of straight men who feel the same way. Yeah, what's that? I feel like there's a lot of shitty straight dudes who feel the same way though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of people do feel that way. Yeah, it's a power move more than anything else. Start spreading the rumor that if you don't like that, you're gay. Hey, that's what I did with uh, 
with groupers. The whole message, the entire like message you, exactly. was if you call someone else and you're homophobe and you, you're, you have homophobic uh, tendencies and you call other people gay, chances are you're gay. That's the whole, I like that. The whole message there. There's something to argue with. I'm starting to go home tonight and write the uh, sequel, which is all about, hey, if you don't go down on a lady, you must be gay. Groupers too. Okay. Let's. Uh, what have the people seen, Let's Andrew? do that. Fanfliction compiled by The Mitch Burns. The Mitch Burns. Ted Peterson on Facebook. Saw a Hellraiser. That's not a real name. It's a fake one. It's a gnome de plume, as you like to say. That's right. Saw Hellraiser. I liked it. Thought the Cenobite designs were solid. Pinhead was all right. Just wish they had some new iconic lines. <laughs> the only lines that were memorable came straight from the original. I also thought it was too clean looking. Didn't have that grimy look the original had. Well, because grimes. Movies don't have to look that way anymore. I get it. I like them when they look like that. Uh, like Funny Pages is a great example. Like they, they made it look like that on the uh, Super 16 or they shot it on film. Funny pages. It was some kind of film. Uh, and, and back then, like you could see an independent movie from a mile away because you could see that it was an independent movie from a mile away because of the equipment and uh, technology. And nowadays you can make anything look like it's, you know, third generation of Spielberg shit. Groupers-esque. Or groupers-esque, yeah. No, no, I'm saying that's... that's yeah, I mean, the, groupers uh, looked like, you know, it looked very, very nice. It did. It really did. You would not know that that was... Well, parts of it did. We, we tried to grime it up for certain... Say, each of the five sections has a completely different look. There were five sections? In groupers? Yeah. Five sections. Chris Wolfing on Facebook. Revisit that movie. Watch Mongol based on Anderson's recommendation. Mongrel? Mongol. <laughs> Anderson has no recollection. I am also a history buff and fascinated by Genghis oh, Khan's yeah, yeah. story. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was right. thinking recent. Yes. I really enjoyed the movie and was glad it focused on his early life as his hist as his story is too epic to tell in one two-hour movie. That is true. It was, it's uh, all, all about um, Genghis Khan, and he came up on top five royal male royals. And uh, what I really liked about it is because we all have these ideas of Genghis Khan, right? Mm -hmm. And they really uh, humanized him. It made, it made you actually see like, you know, what he was after, what he was trying to do, and not just like a, a completely uh, maniacal... Uh, Power hungry fuck, which is what we all think of. Right? Yeah, according to most historians, the most accurate portrayal of the man uh, was in Bill and Ted. I don't know if you knew that. I don't. I don't think I did know that. I always thought it was John Wayne. <laughs> Set the second. Place. It's somewhere in between. They go back and forth, like Roosevelt and uh, and Washington and Lincoln. Good show, and it looks like they're making a sequel soon. Good Here's the rest of it. You cut them off. Wait, good, good show. show. I don't know. It's, it's, not a, it's not a show. It's British. Good show. Good show. Jolly good. And it looked like they're making a sequel soon. Not Listener X on Twitter. Beyond the infinite two minutes. My brain was wrecked at the 30 minute mark when the film literally took a turn. My brain was erect. All I could think is what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> I felt like uh, what David Blaine fans must feel like when he pulls a quarter out of their ear. <laughs> it really was a magic trick of a movie. Fuck, I love the movie. Faleth on Reddit. Terrifier 2. What is that? People are digging their Terrifier. It was so depraved, I felt like I was doing something illegal watching it. <laughs> I know that feeling. I've had that. I've had that a lot. I was half expecting audience members to start jacking off in their seats to add to the CD ambiance. How many stars does that sound like, Brian? That sounds like uh, three, right down the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> And thus concludes the fan That's it. flick. Fan flick song. Hey, uh, Brian, I'm hey. going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to button hook you here. Do or, it. Or butthole you as you Don't untie do that. Don't do that. Text. 
Brian uh, auto-corrected to butthold earlier yeah, when he was trying buttonhold. to... No, I think it was butthold. I'm looking at it right now, but... I don't, I don't read too good. Okay. Uh, but I sent you and Avery a, uh, an invitation to become part of a, a member of an exclusive group. Ah, uh, yes. On, I was too busy seeing Amsterdam. On an... <laughs> Touche. On an app called Relay, right. which is a app that I'm doing a, a little bit of work with and uh, getting the, the the ins and the outs and learning uh, about it from one of its creators, and it's made for people like us and this show really and smart our film listeners. People, yeah, it's uh, really really interesting, and I think, and I would have liked you uh, to have taken a look at it, but I think what we're going to do is kind of try and integrate it into our, our show with our audience at least. With uh, Patreon, like you know the uh, the tried and true, okay. And what it is, it's uh, you can go on there. You can, it's very very early stages, so there's not a lot of content on there right now. But it's uh, same as TikTok and uh, Instagram uh, in the sense that you do videos. Any user can do like a 30 second video, uh, whatever you like, whatever as long as it's about the movie that it's in the category of. So you can look up any movie, look for the user reviews that are video reviews, real-time reviews sometimes, like real quick, just 30 seconds of somebody talking about a movie, what they thought about it. Sometimes they're real creative where they got like edits and whatnot. And uh, I love this, especially as somebody who doesn't read too good. Uh, and I love the idea of maybe getting some listeners uh, in, on our own little club, in our own little like section, which I invited you and Avery. We would be the original three. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm no, doing I'm it actually, right, So you I got the invitation, right? I'm looking yeah, for yeah. Yes, I got it as well. And you're going to look up I'm going to poke movie. around on this. It's Relay, R-E-E-L-A-Y. I've already uh, told a few friends of mine about it, and uh, I am digging it so far. And I'm not much of a social media guy, but this one makes you stay in your lane, and it's movie-related. So a social media app, movie-related? I think I'm in. So far, I'm in. Sounds like you're in. So I I love looking at it, especially when I'm in a a drive-thru. Like, I guess that's when, you know, when most people have downtime. I'm just sitting in a drive-thru waiting, you know, to pick up some food for the the wife or something. Relay time. You're just browsing reviews? Browsing reviews, maybe making my. I made oh. one when I was in the car with uh, oh. with my dog. I Amsterdam looks good. I had Did my I dog review uh, Hachi, <laughs> a dog's tail. Nice. I love that Hachi. I love both Hachis actually. Hachi Co too, the original. Fucking tight. All right, here we go. Should I briefly do a preflection on Amsterdam? No, just just let. I, I'd, I'd like. To I hear didn't it. make hardly any notes. I thought you were going to talk about it. I can I can hear about it. Because <clears throat> I'm going to talk about one too that you're not. You know you don't have. I'm going to talk about Emily the criminal. I saw that. Amsterdam is a 2022 film written and directed by David O. Russell, starring <sighs> Christian Bale, John David Washington, Margot Robbie, Chris Rock, Rami Malek, Anya Taylor-Joy, Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Taylor Swift, Ed Bigley Jr., Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's a big cast. Mm. 34% of Rotten Tomatoes. Feels about right. In theaters uh, now, uh, as I alluded to earlier, yes. Keep going. I, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Don't as I alluded to earlier, this is a uh, this falls into one of two David o. Russell categories for me. Uh, off the top of my head, very much love Three Kings. Very much love uh, um, uh, the Hustle, American Hustle. Very much love the Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the uh, movies I don't care for. Mm-hmm. Silver Lines Playbook would probably be the best of the bad, uh, but there's also um, Huckabees. You hate the Huckabees. In Amsterdam? Mm. What was the Wonder Mop? Wasn't there with the Wonder Mop? That wasn't Joy. good. I don't think you saw Joy. it. I didn't see it because that might have been followed in the middle. Uh, I mean, you love the fighter. The fighter's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but what about Spanking the Monkey? That's a great that's, movie. I love that You've movie. seen the Spanking yeah, the Monkey? You've seen Spanking the Monkey? Yes, I have. That shocks me. I'm it's surprised really by that. It's, it's a dark comedy. Ooh, Creeps. 
We're doing creeps. Top five uh, creeps on this week's episode. Is we are he, going to be highlighting the creeps. The creep? There's some creeps. There's some creeps in and around that movie. But uh, yeah, we're going to be highlighting creeps. But, oh, my God, there's a lot of creeps in movies. My God. We should have broken this up into many, many uh, different ca- subcategories. So? Subs for the creeps. There's yeah. a lot of creeps. I don't know what the categories would be. You know, my favorite, my favorite David O. Russell movie is uh, Flirting with Disaster. It's, yes, he still has it. not passed, surpassed Flirting. Now, right behind it is American Hustle. I fucking love that movie. But Flirting with Disaster is still his, uh, his filet. Love it. This is his filet, Brad, Brad. That's a bad comparison. Why is that? It's a, it's a mediocre cut of meat. Are you going to continue this? Because you did this a couple Everyone weeks ago, Everyone knows too. the ribeye is the best. It's not true. It's bone in a ribeye. It's not true. Filet is, uh, is the mm-hmm. best. It's the, it's the finest cut of meat. A lot meat, of people Brad. think that. Oh, my God. He's one of those people. He's one of those people who thinks he has the answers, but he doesn't. But he, he but hey, he doesn't look, care. If you're a fillet man, I'm not going to be. He doesn't even care because it makes him feel better. It makes him feel superior. Like look at these fools thinking that <laughs> thinking fillet's the best. It feels good to say. <laughs> I mean, I get that feeling because I feel that way with movies all the time. Look at these idiots. <laughs> That's your defining like, character. That's why you do the show. <laughs> They're all excited about Black Adam. It's like you fools. I already got my ticket. Uh, I saw that. I was forced forced bought, to see the trailer yesterday. Uh yeah, forced. Which one though? Is sports, it the one where I don't know? Is it the one where really, it gets me? Once it's playoff time, that's the one. Oh, they, they, yeah. I can't avoid the the trailers getting rammed down my eyes. Oh, the, the, the TV one, spots. Yeah, he, yeah the, t- I feel like TV spots are the lowest of the low in terms of the trailer. Dude, when they do like the 15 second ones, you know you're in trouble with the movie is when they do it and they have the the release date at the yeah. top of this on a banner at the top for the entire 15, 30 seconds. That's yeah. usually the sign of a really bad movie. I've noticed. I just saw The Rock... Pierce Brosnan with oh, a yeah. beard That's and right. then a man with wings. And I was like, what the fuck? He looks like Danny Wonderstone what or whatever. Burt Wonderstone? Burt Wonderstone. He looks like he's about to do some magic, right? He does, actually. Yeah. yeah. I already got my ticket. I don't understand why they would end. We see him doing everything, flying through the air, taking out jets, and then like it ends with- like, Catching he, rockets. He caught a rocket and exploded. He's not even yeah, a rocket. That's it was like a That's the least impressive thing he did. Uh, by far. He's already superhero in Fast and Furious. Do we need- Did he need to become one in tights? Can I say, though- I am finally (laughs) at this age (laughs) understanding the allure of of Marvel. (laughs) I mean, it's taking me this long, but I am on my fourth animated series of Spider-Man. And I got to tell you, I'm digging it. Yep. I'm watching it with Atticus, and that's what gives me the excuse to you know to watch it because I'm a grown man. You know, I got street cred and whatnot. But I am really watching like all these different takes on the different villains and like different storylines and subplots and and the themes, the through lines with Spider-Man and like you know how he always. It's, I think it's all a metaphor for drugs. I really do. I think that all these creatures and it's all about you know people transforming oh, and other things. And Spider-Man countless times just says, "I know you're still in there." It's like it's I know you're all strung out on speed, but I know there's still you know you're still you. Sure. You just got to get off the speed it's good shit is my window open oh my neighbor's gonna fear that i'm having an intervention you know they're gonna fear that you're you got a friend who loves marvel that's that should be the biggest <laughs> that's, that's the, re- the real concern you live but in your house i'm looking forward to going back you. and watching at least the uh the spideys even the toby spideys once uh, really? a little older oh yeah i'm a spidey guy all right i have uh i have geo to blame for all this he's the one who forced the first one on us and we became addic- addicted now we can't get enough okay so that was Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Who was wasted the most completely? Well, Chris Rock by far. Chris Rock has a very, I mean, everyone has, everyone has a small part in this 
in this movie. Like it, it's an ensemble cast. No one's aside from um, Christian Bale, John David Washington, and Margot Robbie. No one's on screen for more than five minutes total. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a huge cast. Everyone gets uh, their moment. But uh, I saw a twelve thirty screening, so I was done by two the three o'clock. I was out of there. Christy asked me at dinner at like five thirty or six. How, how was the movie? What was it about? Couldn't remember. I, Why? Because there was there was so much going on. I had forgotten. The plot is so. It's so nothing. It's it's this is this is a two almost two. How long is this movie? Anyone get the? the uh, can look I think it's it like two fifteen. Or, I think Anderson's going to beat me there. Yeah, I got you, buddy. This is a very long version of Fletch. Mm-hmm. That's not funny. Two hours fourteen minutes. There you go. No, no, no. So it's Fletch. No, but it, how dare you? Fletch had the decency to be short. Is this a a, a COVID movie? Okay. No, no. Bunch of people. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like they used a lot of backlots, backlot sets because it's said in uh, 1933. Because we saw a COVID movie. Which is what? Which is a triangle of sadness. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. No, this is not that. Okay. No, this had, this is, uh, okay, well, what's good about this? Um, <laughs> the characters are colorful and you want more of them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's enough characters like, oh, I'd like to see more of that person or what's that person's backstory. Unfortunately, the ones they choose to spend time on, Christian Bale, John David Washington, Marco Robbie, they're like this threesome, right? They're like this group of friends who, uh, Amsterdam is like where they, where not where they met, but where they ended up like spending like, oh my God, this fucking movie. Okay, so they spend, they meet in World War I. Uh, Christian Bale gets uh, his eye blown up or whatever and uh, gets a glass eye. That's a subplot too. Uh, and they end up going to Amsterdam and like living there as a thruple uh, for what feels like years. They all banging? They don't explicitly show that, but it's sort of a bohemian free love, uh, you know, set up with uh, all of it in like the same studio. Mm. Any, uh, but... John David Washington and Margot Robbie start to form like a relationship. Christian Bale says, fuck it, I'm out, I'm going back. I was a doctor on Park Avenue, I'm going back to New York. Then Ed Begley Jr., who was a military general, gets murdered, and his daughter, Taylor where, Swift... What? Where are we in the storyline when this happens? This are you giving stuff beginning. away? No, no, no. I have this a hard is, this time. This is the inciting incident. This is the Keeping first you act. from spoiling, which is my gig. That's what I do, if you Ed recall. Ed Bagley Jr. is a... Is right. They're a thing now. Uh, he's, a mil- he's their <laughs> military funny. general, and he dies. He gets killed. Is at the end of the movie? Taylor Swift, his daughter, hires uh, these two who are a doctor and a lawyer. They're not private investigators. They just used to be in his regiment uh, to investigate. They meet a bunch of crazy characters. Mm-hmm. It's, it was... Did it feel like one of those movies where they're just like, having fun? A bunch of big actors, no, well, big director. Yeah, was and, it like a French Dispatch? What, what was... No, that's very particular. That's not fair to say that they're just having fun and kind of mailing it in. No, I, I mean, in terms of like a big cast that was sort of... Wasted. French Dispatch seems like it might have been more fun than this, though. It was but, okay, well, to so, watch. I'm talking about like to make. Like oh, they got the new yeah, Julia yeah. Roberts and George Clooney movie, and every time we pass a bus shelter that has a poster of it in there, I, one of the main issues. My wife asks me very seriously. We never talk about movies, but she goes, "Why? Why did they do that? Why would Julia Roberts and George Clooney make that movie?" I'm like, "On vacation. They made a bunch of money. They probably had a great time. They're probably you know going to make Brought money on the back end. Yeah, and they just spent a bunch of time over there. And that's that's what she's like. So, yeah, but don't they have enough money? Like they're going to have this in their legacy. I'm like, yeah, but people will like this. It. Is not that one of the problems with this movie? one of the many problems is that it's very siloed like 
Michael Shannon and Mike Myers play like intelligence officers, and they're in no scenes with, let's say, uh, the Taylor Swift. Or, you know what I mean? Like Taylor Swift has her own storyline. Rami Malek and Anya Taylor-Joy have their own storyline. Zoe Saldana has her own. They rarely interact. It sounds like a Netflix movie. There's a little bit of interaction, of course, but like mix it up. Why didn't they just pare it down then? That's a, that's kind of the theme so far this fall. Like every movie I'm seeing is like that could have used a haircut. Yeah, this this should have been an hour and forty five minute movie. Flat should have been a short or maybe not made. <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be the ultimate haircut. It should have just stayed as the little Take the, the little, the little top poster on yeah. Roku. Yeah, <laughs> it should have just been a trailer that never got funded. Little banner on Roku. <laughs> that's it. This movie fancies itself kind of Coen Brothers esque, like not wacky like Wes Anderson, not quirky, but but wacky. Like, like it's, you know, fucking Christian Bale's eye is always falling out. He's mm. always putting it back in. It's looking the wrong way. Pretty good. But yeah, it, yeah it sounds good. <laughs> Christian Bale funny. Was he pulling off the humor? He, the Our, performances were all fine. They're, they're all. Here was my know, question. Okay. My question is. Uh, no one stood out. Ever liked a movie that Rotten Tomatoes told you you want to like? Have you oh, ever um, gone against the grain? Didn't we just talk about? Uh, we did yeah, this fucking, a few years yeah, ago. No, no, we did this no, uh, topic. Ago. We did the uh, fucking uh, Florence Pugh. Hmm. What's the ones against? Oh, uh, yeah, you don't get, worry, we, darling. We just, we, you think that you like that movie, but we just trashed it for like the majority. It has of our, problems. It has overall, massive problems. Overall, I enjoyed it. You okay? I mean, do you give it a recommend? Yes, hmm. for okay. sure. Yeah, I don't know. Use it three stars. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Three stars, just above average. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's take a quick little. Uh, how do you do? Take well, a quick little. How do you do? How do you do? Talk a little bit about the feels. How do you do? And how it's. Uh, <laughs> how oh, it's no. helping us. Oh no, <laughs> I got I got a confession to make. <laughs> What's that? About feels? Yes. Oh no! Oh no! What's that, Brian? Uh-oh, feels. What's this? This is hard. Uh-oh. This is hard to articulate. <laughs> mm. Everything's hard for me to articulate, but this is special. <laughs> I hate to laugh, but that was a funny joke. That was well done, Brad, Brad. <sighs> I'm not proud of what I've done, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm throwing myself upon the mercy of the court mm. for, for my transgression. Okay. I cheated on feels. What? I did. I did. I cheated on feels. I don't understand. Like this is a bit. No, I cheated on feels, and I paid the price. Did you? Uh, did you yolo it with some other stuff? I don't know if we're supposed to be talking about other. Uh, don't don't look, name names. I'm not going to name names, but some uh, some low quality uh, uh, CBD, CBD gummies. Inferior came mm. through the uh, Corolla studio. Oh, yeah. like, like, I like I like CBD. Yeah, Brian, I'll just take, Brian. Oh, I'm not going to let anything go to waste. Brian's like the CBD head over there. <laughs> That's right. I'm like I'm not going to let these go to waste. Took them home. Uh-huh. Uh, started using them. There were there were like. Uh, uh, two weeks worth, and uh, after a week or so, yeah. my tongue started to like go numb. What? Not numb as in like I couldn't feel it. T- numb as in you know? Do you know the sensation of like when you have you guys ever sucked asleep. on? You know, you suck on a zinc lozenge, mm-hmm. and then like for the next hour or two, like nothing tastes right. You know, yeah. Even water tastes kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. That was me. Mm. And I Googled, I'm like, what is going on with CBD, tongue, blah, blah, blah. And there's articles about like, yeah, low quality CBD wow. can mess with your tongue. Interesting. I yeah. said, never again. Yeah, so I turned my back on my beloved feels. You don't like CBD, you like feels. Yeah. Yes, That's what pre- you learn. Premium, high quality CBD. And feels, like you actually literally put it under your tongue with but, the tincture yes, stuff. And to, nothing, I've never nothing. had anything yes, remotely. To that point, like. I've never had anything remotely close to that. Feels is the best. 
Feels, I mean, that the proof is in the pudding, you guys. Uh, get the high quality uh, CBD. Start feeling Except- better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash TFE and get you 50% off your 50. first order with free shipping. Free. Don't make the mistake that I made. Go to feals.com slash TFE to become a member. Mute his mic. And you'll get 50% off automatically taken off 50. your first order with free shipping. Free. I heard that. Feels.com slash TFE. What's your hype, man? Fuck, we'll find it. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll fix it. Fix it in post. No, we won't. All right, where are we going? We're going over the edge. 1979's over the edge. Thanks to David Gulick. Or are we going to Triangle of Sadness? What are we doing here? What are we doing? Over the Hedge is a 2006 animated film. Over the Hedge. Works, mm-hmm. starring the voice talents of Stop Bruce it, Brian. Willis. It's confusing enough Steve listening Corral to you and not being able to and understand. And Wanda Sykes. This what? is not helping. What this is, you're being a, a fool. Uh, this is a closing bit. Why are you interrupting? <laughs> it really is. It's <laughs> a closing bit. <laughs> you're my hype man. According, according to, to, to sources, Kurt Cobain said that Over the Edge, the 1979 oh, Matt Dillon movie. movie. Oh, my God. This is a God, horrible bit. God, do I bit. feel foolish. Over the Edge. According to Kurt Cobain's uh, sources, pretty much defined my whole personality. This would be a good time for make your joke. It was really cool. Total anarchy is what Kurt Cobain said. And then uh, that's what I have to say about Over the Edge. David Gulick uh, found this one. uh, I forget how. He's seen it a number of times. He's probably seen it four or five times now. Over the Edge is a 1979 film directed by Jonathan Kaplan. Mm -hmm. He has had a... uh, He's had quite a career. He directed this, Project X. Did you watch Project X? I loved it, Project X. Yeah, he's watched it as a kid all the time. Go back to it. I'll be like, hey, what did they, they do with that monkey? I'm not sure if I really dig this, but I remember Project... Oh, Jesus Christ. The Accused and Bad Girls. I just finished uh, Charlotte's Web with Atticus oh, uh, no. a couple nights ago. I'll get dusty in the room? For me. <laughs> Daddy. Dude, I was totally... You're not going to get the reference because you've never seen it because you're, you're, you're a fool. But, how do you, how do you uh, know I haven't seen it? Because it's... Come on, come how on. How do you know I haven't seen come it? Come on, come on. Come on. You never seen Come oh, On. Oh, I thought you were watching Charlotte's Web. No, Come On, Come On. Uh, there's a scene there seen. where he's crying when, when reading the Star Child to uh, to his nephew, and the kid's like, You're crying again? He's like, Nope. That was me in the bed with the old Atticus. And I was like laying on thick, too, because I wanted him to cry as well. I didn't want to be the only one. And he's just like, Why are you still crying? I'm like, You're an evil little fucker. All right. Over the Edge stars Michael Kramer, Matt Dillon in his first role, and Pamela Ludwig. Uh, 83%, a shocking 83% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Jesus. You can rent this. And we were assigned this film. We were. So you you do your uh, you do your uh, your recon, which I appreciate. You talked to David, I assume, before mm-hmm. this episode. What uh, what is what is uh, what is going on in that man's head? <laughs> what do you mean? This is a, another one of these like forgotten uh, films from the, the late seventies, early eighties. There was a slew of like gang films that came out in seventy nine, in particular, including the Warriors and uh, the Wanderers, the Wanderers. Uh, there's, there's a Boulevard Nights, I think it's called, uh, which I haven't seen. But uh, this movie actually got held up because they're afraid of all the. Uh, there was already so many. Um, so much backlash. There's so much gang what violence attention. and teenage violence happening in theaters in the, the oh. summer in the year of '79. At, really? At some of the screenings of these other movies that they held it off and they were afraid of Over the Edge. So Over the Edge tells a story of like the white projects, essentially. It's in this place called New Granada, a right? A planned community. And it's a planned community, and it's supposed to well, be like- it's funny, because like, some houses are very, very nice, and there's the fucking, the, the tenement. There's the tenement, but the whole 
the whole town is like planned and it's yes. supposed to be suburbia, utopia, like the future of how we're all going to live, right? And this is very cutting edge stuff back in this 79. This is based on uh, true, some true events. And it's based on true events, like some stuff that happened in the Bay Area in 1973. It was in Foster City. Oh, sorry. Oh, was it really? Sorry. That's that, so cool. I got excited about it. I didn't know that. Foster City? Whoa. Do you have a whole new perspective? Uh, totally. You know what? I deserve that. I got a little excited when I was doing my research. It was like, there was a planned community called Foster City. I'm like, that uncle lives in Foster City. Mm -hmm. I've been there many times. Mm -hmm. It's a nice little, uh, if you ever flown an SFO, you flew right over Let's Foster mark City. this and send this to like the uh, people that you know write a podcast. Maybe New York Times might want to report on this section of the show. I think they might retract his bestsellers. Uh. <laughs> they might. Oh, that's set in stone, buddy. <laughs> New York Times, <laughs> stricken. Past bestseller. All right, so, yeah, they, it's the white projects, and uh, it's, it's these kids that are, whether it realized the it or not, it was like in the, it was actually happening at the time where this was a kind of the first generation that were like the, part of the latchkey kid generation. Like Foster City. And, and I was like part of that for sure. I, sure. I was, you know, I, oldest of four and like you know we'd come home from school yeah. with my mom she worked night so she'd be sleeping or she'd be like you know awake but barely yeah having uh, a coffee usually sleeping and uh my dad would be at work and you know we would just have the run of the house and like you know taking no. care of ourselves and yeah looking uh, their, for their bad things entire, to do. entire youth was just get home from school kill an hour or two until parents come home right yeah. and a lot of those kids were out on the streets or at the teen rec center down the street as was the case with this one they all love weed so much these are young young kids one kid in particular i fucking love that kid is like frying his balls off on acid and i don't know if they actually gave the kid acid that kid but was the most enjoyable part of he the was sweating so profuse and i've never seen a kid that young and that innocent when i say young he's probably 13 14 back mm -hmm. you know this was my youth like these kids were my the age I was when I started like smoking cigarettes, drinking regularly and doing drugs. So I related to a lot of these kids. However, I was never shooting guns at cops. And mm, that part was problematic. I, I wasn't as nearly as much of an asshole, just uncaring. I was an uncaring prick for sure. And there's all sorts of vandalism, but in my wake, but I, you know, I had empathy for others and these kids did not. And I think that's one of the problems with this story, which is kind of aimless. And it's just youth rebelling against uh, authority. Right. Uh, ultimately. And, youth without sports like this is what sports are for i think is you know yes. you need organized sports for some of these yes. kids what get goes their aggression on this town? now let me read you a note that i wrote because you and i are are, are kind of lining up on this i i said okay this is actually the, the last note i wrote because i was getting frustrated with this film i said outside of the main character none of, and even then mm, marginal yeah. none of the kids are particularly sympathetic yeah like who or what am i supposed to be invested in and it's interesting in reading up on this movie i don't need to be like goody two shoes to root for him but i'm like what i'm not invested in any of there's this. a riot scene that ha happens in the movie That's pretty rough and and the right scene, uh, there's a, a, a shot of the lead kid, Carl, saying, you know, that's enough and walking away from that. Like he, he, you know, it's almost like right. that was, he's gotten past, you know, a watershed sure. mark in his life and like, you know, he, a benchmark in his life and he's moving on to the next phase. Yeah, like, watershed works. And, it does. Okay. And, and he's uh, like, you know, he's grown in that moment. That was actually part of the reshoots to make him a oh, little really? bit sympathetic because I... And talking to Gulick about this, I think that this movie was actually written to scare parents and was not written from the point of view of the kids at all, but it was almost written as like a horror film for oh, like a, older like a, audiences. Like a warning kind Interesting. of. Like a warning. And also like these kids are shitheads and they need to be stopped. Less and, do these be your and kids. They're, and they're in your town. And they could be in your town. I they think that's party what, down. instead of like it being sympathetic, which this feels like a prequel to Suburbia, which is one of my all time I favorites. I wrote that down too. It feels like what Suburbia was. Mm -hmm. And then it, you know, 10 years later, that's what those kids became uh -huh. is Suburbia. 
Uh, but the suburban kids, the suburbia kids, Penelope Spheres suburbia, they were, they were they were good kids. They were like not good kids, but they meant well, even though they're racist to the day standards and whatnot. <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I'm out of this. One. We got to know their character a lot better. We got to see that they sure. cared for one another, and they were like a, a tight knit group and like family. Yeah, these kids were up to no good. They were just shitheads. Yeah, yeah, they sucked. So didn't like. And then there's an explosion in in this. Uh, there sure is. That was the nuclear. It was. Uh, it must there's, have cleared many a, many miles. And there's nothing in this this shack. What, that would lead you to believe the nuclear power of this explosion. There's a, what? There's a fireball that it, that is one of the largest ever filmed. <laughs> a car goes into a building without getting anything away. A, a car drifts into a building. Uh, and we've seen inside this building and, and it contains board games. Maybe some benches. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous. <laughs> and it goes up. Maybe some marbles in there. There might be some marbles. You think there might be marbles in there? Probably some cleaning supplies. Cleaning supplies, perhaps. Mainly, but mainly just benches and chairs. Difficult to justify the nuclear level uh, explosion that is seen from space. The actual yeah. perspective. Shot. It was huge. Are you sure this didn't inspire? This was Cobain that was inspired, not Michael Bay. This was maybe he liked. Maybe Michael he liked Cobain. that. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Back to Kurt Cobain. He said that uh, uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" would not exist without this. Yeah, movie. Yeah, the music video. So. I like this one, you know, as a, as a cinephile, as a film lover and, you know, seeing, you know, what one thing led to another. But I do think this was made by conservatives. I, I read up on the director mm-hmm. a little bit and he's from England and, you know, maybe he enjoyed you know, making a movie about uh, American youth gone wrong. And but there's you're absolutely right. That was my problem. Was, uh, none of them were sympathetic. But not it's, even sympathetic. Like what? I'm not invested in any of it. Probably a stems from a lack of sympathy. There's so many ways they could have done it because there's a yeah. cop shooting involved in this, and there's so many ways they could have had the cops could have been way shittier. Like the cops seem fairly reasonable. Yeah, I mean he well, was the, shitty, the, the but yeah, car got shot on the highway. Car got shot. They, they, uh, a they, kid at one point is pointing a gun right at him. I mean, there's plenty of things that they could have done to make yeah. that. That's why I think and the writers. Like, Did you know the gun wasn't loaded? It's like, how the fuck would I know that? I think the writers were more interested in like scaring parents about these wild yeah. shitty kids than they were about like, you know, like, what seems, can we do about these that kids? That actually makes sense in retrospect. Which sucks. But Did David, uh, does David genuinely, genuinely enjoy this? Yeah, I think he likes it. Okay. I mean, it's a movie that he grew up on. and Okay, fair. I'm not going to begrudge someone their guilty pleasures. And I, I like seeing you know the the young uh, Matt Dillon. He was good. Oh, what do I want to say about this? I can't raw. say that. I can't say that about it. Say people it. People know. People know that. And there's a kid in here who's mute, and I, that, that was actually a really touching moment where he's talking to a kid and he's tapping on Ooh. the phone. That was touching. That was nice. And then uh, what's the other the, the other star's name? Uh, the guy that was from a, he went on to being alive. Uh, the main kid. Uh, no, the other oh. kid. The other kid. I only have he, Michael Kramer, Matt Dillon. Vincent Spano. Vincent Spano is also, he went on to have a pretty uh, big career. Okay. Uh, he's the one that uh, originally shoots the uh, the cop oh, he's, uh, okay. from the overpass, gotcha. right? And uh, that that was a really real moment, too, when those two characters ended up you know, coming to, to terms with their relationship. I, I, I needed more of that. But mostly it was just told from the, point, the kid's point of view, and they were shitty. Yeah. Agreed. I wish I had something Sorry else for, to for slurping my coffee. some other point of view. All right, um, let's get to the big sexy meat and potatoes. This is the big sexy. What? Triangle of sadness. Yeah, fuck yeah. What okay. do you mean? Triangle of sadness. It's not that big. How many screens is this on? Look on box office mojo. I'm curious. Well, how I mean, people are actually hey, have access. To eight this. minutes uh, staying in ovation at, at, at cons, and I it won the big one over there, right? It won cons. It won the Palm Dior. Palm. The Palm Dior. Dior. The golden palm. All right, I'm going to uh, set a timer for eight minutes just so that we can 
give it its respect. All right. They've started clapping. Uh, no, I haven't started it yet. And Where do I find this? It. I'm at it. What you, What's that? What am I looking at? What's that? Oh, go, to, go to Box Office Mojo. Oh, he I'm wants at, to see I'm how much. Box Office Mojo. He wants to see how much it made. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. I Brian, the, number of screens? I mean, it just came I out this week, so. and it's I not on. Care. Oh, I don't care. yeah, I see what you're saying. I yeah, care. I had to dra- travel to see this one. Uh, all right, start. worth traveling for. Start. Says uh, I. The movie just ended. Triangle of sadness. At, at the cons, and they're all standing up to clap. All right, that was Triangle of Sadness, 2022 film, written and directed by Robert Ostlund. Uh, he Ruben. is what? Ruben. Oh, what did I say? Robert. Oh yeah, Ruben. I even had Ruben. Respect. Ruben. Ruben. Respect. Ruben right uh, director and writer of The Square, as well as Force Majeure, if you've seen either of those films. And Play was the first one that he made, which mm-hmm. I have not seen. You and I should both see that. Play was his first one. This is only his fourth film. and uh, Based on the three of four that I've seen, I would call him the master of the awkward. I don't know about master of awkward. Well, you know what I mean. He but sets up these good great the awkward. awkward situations and uncomfortable moments. And sticks with them and sees them through like a lot of lesser feel like writer and directors would just be happy to have that awkward moment but he kind of revels in yeah, it he does original title sans, sans filtered unfiltered mm-hmm. unfiltered Harris Dickens you're not going to recognize most of these names he's from King, the King's uh, Man never which heard, we didn't, never we heard, didn't see never the, heard. we didn't see the King's Man Harris Dickens he is like the lead kid in the King's Man oh, which really? neither one of us saw yeah. I guess right it's it's got got prequel, better, prequel to King's Man pretty bad reviews Rotten Tomatoes told you to stay home. Yeah, totally. Charles Lee Dean, Dolly DeLeon, Zlako. Is it really his name? Zlako. Oh, is he, he's fucking Russian. Uh, Zlako Brook. Yeah, if you watched uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's uh, The Punisher, the uh, the trilogy, uh, you'll recognize him. He's like the lead uh, drug pusher, and, and he's great. He's and fantastic. Woody Harrelson is also in this. Like Anderson said, uh, won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. Cannes? 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 <laughs> Is this uh, is the applause still happening? Oh yeah, I don't. Even, we're not even halfway done. Yeah. Oh my god. Got plenty of time. Seventy-three percent Rotten Tomatoes. This is in theaters now. I'm a little surprised. I don't see how twenty-seven percent of critics give this a bad review. I think because this is another one that's very self-indulgent and could have used uh, a haircut, a trim, and uh, maybe uh, some of the characters are a little bit too broad. And when you have that much time, and to an extent. You know, you zero in on a few characters. I want to see some more arcs. I want to see That's a little interesting. more so, okay, uh, development. I know, I, I know you're doing Devil's Advocate a little bit, but I, I would, I wrote down, and I feel that the, one of this movie's strengths is it didn't, it didn't take a lot of lazy swipes. Like you could have made like the rich. So it, it involves a um, yeah. So let's let's it, let's set up that, that structure because right. I want to sell this movie too. I want people to see this movie for the most part. That was one of my few problems though. There was the structure. Like I wish I kind of wish it had been a little more straightforward, but whatever. I, so he also no, is, I'm you, quibbling. You say that he's the Rubens the master at uh, the awkward, mm-hmm. which I'm trying to think. I know that I got some other examples it, of like really awkward directors who love that awkward stuff. It opens with an awkward moment. With the uh, uh, the check, no, that that's not the open. That's that's after we already see uh, him being a male model and whatnot. So, oh, well, I'm saying the first, sorry, the first like narrative scene. You know his girlfriend; she's no longer with us. She died. Yeah, really. She, yeah, she died in New York last year. Oh shit. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, so, so it that's opens up bad. the first. The first. I don't even. I didn't even catch the title of the first chapter, but the first chapter is like 45 minutes or so of him, of of the lead guy who's a male model and his I think it's called Char, uh, Carl and Yaya 
or and Yaya, Lala. Carl, Yaya. Carl and Yaya, and Yaya's a uh, influencer, also a model, and the two of them are together. Is it for love or is it for their uh, brand? For the is likes. it good for business? And we we get to know them a little bit, and I thought we were supposed to like them, but then they get on this yacht, which is the second part, and you're like, oh, they're kind of shitheads too, even, and then. It kind of takes off from there. And then the third, uh, I, you can't even say what the third is, even no. though they show some of it in the trailer, yeah, but, but they give stuff away. Things but go wrong. This movie was shot uh, months apart and you can kind of tell too. Yeah, a bit of, of a fractured, again, I'm quibbling. I enjoyed this movie and I thought it was very sharp and funny. Oh my God. The, 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 I was on a semi-packed theater on like, on a Monday at 3.30, which is a good sign, uh, that raucous laughter. Yeah, I people, was... A, people were hysterically laughing. I was a little upset with some of the laughter, especially towards the end, because I felt like the laughter itself was insensitive. The fact that they they thought that the scenario was so funny and outlandish made the people laughing that hard kind of like the people from the boat. You know what I mean? Oh, well, that's, I wanna it, talk that's to, an interesting... I want to talk to you about this in a... Uh, I do not. In a, a spoiler, no, for sure. No. Yeah, yeah. Are we still clapping? Oh yeah, we're halfway through. We've okay. got the halfway point. Okay, uh, no, I, that's an interesting sort of turning the lens on the audience. That's certainly a possibility. Uh, Ruben Ostland is a very talented writer and director. Um, I'm very interested in talking to you about this freely. So let's. Uh, you must have loved this, given your newfound love of poop humor. Yeah, I was kind of. There's so many things they could have done to those rich Revels. people, and with the food poisoning mm-hmm. angle. Uh, I, I would have preferred another angle. I think it was seasickness because food poisoning. I'm pretty is, sure it was supposed set to be in. food poisoning because it was cool. both ends, right? Okay. And that doesn't see seasick. You don't get yeah, sick. Yeah, no, you just vomit. And there's a real quick throwaway line like, "If she wants us all to swim, the food's gonna go bad down here," which was oh. kind of kind of a male. Yeah, I would have rather like you know some kind of creatures, you know, uh, or, or bugs or something to uh, a lot of poop. At one point, you see poop oh. actually flying out of a woman's butt. If you're yeah. watching closely, yeah. We need that. I know. You got to go back and watch this again. <laughs> Is that the reason for the ovation? Probably, How yeah. How far out are we? Those, uh, those fucks down at Cons fucking love their poop. Uh, we got two and a half minutes left, Brian. <laughs> One of the things Jesus. I was saying was, I don't think the movie took a lot of lazy swipes at the rich elite. Like, they could have just shown them being rude to the guests and that would have sufficed, but they're more kind of... No, that would that would have been a terrible movie yeah. if they're just being rude. I know. But they're, they're, I like that they're kind of out of it and... Uh, out just, of touch. Uh, yeah, out of touch and uh, aloof. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Tone deaf. You know what? We see how it's... Uh, as the two of you and I watch uh, Below Deck, I watch it pretty religiously. Like, mm-hmm. I, I watch it a lot, all, all the seasons. Just I love that show. Uh, there's a lot of crossover. You're going to recognize a lot of things. This is below deck, but like a bigger yacht, but not that much bigger. Like it's maybe three times the size of, if you're familiar with below deck, about three times the size of the crew and the, uh, the, the guests, Hmm. a lot of crossover. And uh, you know, it's the haves, the have nots. It's bigger. There's a whole kitchen staff as opposed to one chef. Right. Well, I mean, look at how many like, uh, interiors they had probably, probably like, 10 or 12 and on below deck, they have like three or four. That's a good point. So, uh, also like he just like when, when you think of the square, like you probably think like I do, and most people do of the the monkey man in the dinner scene, right? Which is very similar in tone and theme to this. That's what I'm saying. That's an awkward scene, but it play like a lesser director would have cut that off at a certain point. It goes to uncomfortable lengths. Mm -hmm. He keeps going and going and he does tie blows. Like a lot of these, Mm scenes could have been completely cut from the movie and you would still 
be able to follow the story, right? Like Indeed. All this stuff with the sad and where the- The stories are remarkably simple. The title comes from the triangle of sadness right in the beginning when, and if you've seen the trailer where he's being with the, is he with the expensive brand or the cheap brand, happy or, happy or, or grimacing? Or grumpy. Very, very yeah. funny. That was so well done. The, the lenses that he uses, I mean, this looks fucking fantastic. It looks yeah. great. And they did a really smart thing where I think they probably got Woody for a, a day or two. I mean, they barely used Woody. They probably but he they felt like he was like, there the whole time. We're gonna pay you ten thousand dollars, and you can drink all you want. I don't know if that's what they did, but uh, you know, I think that they got him for a very limited time. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, COVID restrictions were all in place while they were shooting this. And uh, Ruben said that if COVID, because they kept getting, uh, they just Easy. stopped. They just stopped clapping finally. Oh, okay. Ruben had said that in that an interview that I read that if uh, the because they remember it kept shutting down and opening up and shutting down. Like the, the, all the boat stuff was shot in Greece, I think. Uh, if it shot down two days earlier, because it shot down right after they finished the middle part, they wouldn't have had a movie. Like they wouldn't have been able to do anything. Interesting. So they got real lucky here. I feel like they destroyed that boat. I mean, like on the inside. On the inside, yeah. They that was bad a, things Onassis. It was like part of the Onassis family really? owns that boat. Yeah. So I'm wondering. <laughs> I mean, they had a full cleaning crew. We see that in the movie, and they actually had to shoot them cleaning it. So maybe they, you know, knocked out double a couple, duty, bird, duty. couple birds with one the one stone there. But I really want to talk to you about this off air. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. Nope. I, I recommend this movie. As do I. I, I wish that. it was I liked, shorter. I mean, part of its strength though is letting those scenes linger, those very uncomfortable scenes. It's not it's not a tight movie, but it's a, it's effective. Becomes a little, uh, you know, I'm nitpicking, and this is a, a, a solid three and a half, four star movie. Uh, it's just, I can't recommend it to everyone because it's it is a little bit long. It's dark humor, and it's not it's not a, this is not casting a I, wide net. I got friends that I know will love this movie. Yes. I've already told them about it. Right, I got a few friends out there that were going to absolutely love this movie, and and we've talked about it. I thought of you a lot. Yeah, I, at times I was thinking this might be one of my favorite movies of the year, but by the time it was done. I, I and I was it was kind of predictable too where where it had to end up and what did you think about the very end where <laughs> that's what we'll talk about in a minute here so yeah we'll do a spoiler on this one for sure it, it definitely lends itself to spoiler Patreon only and uh, I will I will I will yell at Brian for misunderstanding things in it probably I doubt it it's usually how it goes yeah is that it I think that's it you know what I could have used a little bit more of Amsterdam no no it's fine we'll talk about that later. The laughter in the theater. I really wanted to ex explore that with you, Brian. People were guffawing. And you know what? Another thing that you got to be careful of if you go if you go see this movie, you might get a little sick <laughs> because there is a lot of movement, a lot of rocking, of the a lot camera. of rocking with the camera locked down on the boat, and uh, the, it's going back and forth. And I felt a little woozy a couple times, but then it went away. But I can see, you know, I'm not that susceptible. So hey, look away if that happens. I guess. But there's a, and then that coupled with all the, the vomiting and the Wilken Don. What is it? Welcome and Don. Well, well, welcome and Don, then I. In, in, den, in den Vilken. In den Vilken. There yeah. it is. Isn't that it? Wasn't that in the clouds? <laughs> yes, there's so. one character who has suffered a stroke and all she can say is in den Vilken. And it was very funny. And she <laughs> says nine a few times. Yeah, she says nine a few times, and uh, in the Vilkin, you hear it, and they use it kind of perfectly as like little taglines, yeah. the punchlines, like everything is just gone, and then you can just hear her say it faintly in the background. <laughs> there is some really clever, some very funny astute stuff. filmmaking yeah. here, for sure. Yeah, if, if this seems appealing to you, you'll probably like it. It's hard to sell for the average person. I remember Force Majeure, I think it came up, uh, Sundance Re Research, years and years ago. We were both talking about it. It was on our radar before it came out, and I remember being 
not deeply disappointed, but it did not. It, it was, was just too subtle. And I feel like he's kind of. And there was a lot of dialogue. It was dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot more happens in this movie. Yeah. You, you show a shitload more. You show a lot more in this one for sure. A lot, a lot, uh, that's good, Brian. I see what you're saying. And there's some great characters in here too. Some very, very good characters. All right. I guess we'll get out of here. All right. Thanks, David Gulick, for assigning us Over the Edge. If you guys want to be uh, a one who assigns us a film, join uh, Patreon at the assigner level. That's and, right. Uh, after uh, six months. Actually, you can prepay. Anderson allows that. I do. I, uh, I, I, they, you can do a full uh, 12 months. I mean, yeah, 12 months at once. <laughs> and then uh, we owe you two movies. And you get, a, uh, I think, 12% off if you do it that oh, way. Really? So, Smart. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, David. Uh, thanks to Fist Fight in the Parking Lot. They are our feature artists this week. Check them out at AndersonBrian.com. AndersonBrian. Oh, look at that, the YouTube link. Nice. AndersonBrian.com is where you go for the Amazon banner. Uh, it's also our Instagram handle, Anderson and Brian. The Film Vaults on Facebook and Twitter. The Film Vault Podcast on YouTube. YouTube.com. It's a website where you can watch videos. Check out the Film Vaults over there. We are streaming. Sure, we are. Lots of videos over there. And thank you to all of our Patreon listeners, especially uh, David Gulick, also Giovanni, Jordan Wolf, Jordan Montgomery, Mitch Burns, and Mike Cole. Uh, check out Andy's Antiques. What do you, what do you, what do you, what's the latest? What's the, what's the latest haul? It's the latest haul. Uh, it's been uh, like a week since uh, we went. We're getting like a really cool, authentic hippie clothes. Oh. Oh, people love their hippie prints like from the 60s yeah. and 70s, like authentic, really loud prints. Like, we're starting to find some of those things. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, uh, got a bunch of cool Christmas uh, stuff recently because that's uh, coming up. Like nice. authentic stuff from the sixties and seventies, yeah. like the real deal stuff. None of this like Target stuff, right? Like the real deal Sweet. stuff, which is pretty fun. A lot of it's made in Japan. You get the Japan stickers on there, and you know that it's like the real deal stuff oh, from way back in the that. day. Yeah. Invade the decade is Avery's podcast. You got any gigs coming up? I'm leaving the country. Oh, that's right. Yeah, nothing. Yes or no question, Avery. No. What is, what is the uh, welcoming date? What did she say? Inder Inder Vilken. Inder Vilken. I think that's it. Inder Vilken, which means into the clouds, right? In the clouds. That'll be me. That'll be me. Inder Inder Vilken. You got to just be yelling that over there. Yeah. I think that some people might understand it. At least one. Yeah. They're going to be confused. All right. Until Uh, next time. I don't know. And uh, next week, uh, Brian, you and I will be watching and talking about villains. Villains, the 2019 film. And that's thanks to Stephen Morris. Uh, Stephen, I'm sorry, Stephen Morris. I believe it's Stephen Morris. Stephen, Stephen, uh, come on, Stephen, I know this. Stephen Morris, Stephen. Villains uh, is the film? Yes, and, uh, he's one of our guys that uh, paid uh, the full year in advance. So what year is, is a couple of villains here in the world? Uh, 20 and 2019. I'll double check with uh, uh, with Mr. Morris. Fuck. Uh, so, yes. This uh, is a, uh, oh, stream on Hulu. How nice. Assuming it's the, I think, I think it's the most recent villain. So, uh, which is the, uh, starring Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård. All right. So, uh, let's get excited to talk about that. Until next time. All right. I just like it to get to an hour. We're not quite there. We're contractually obligated to ourselves to get to an hour. How much longer in the song? Oh, we got time. I always pick a long one. If you like this song, which is, it is great. Truck fighters. Pretty similar. Great band. Wait, I thought this was the feature artist this week. No. It is. Fist it's Fist Fight in the Parking Lot. But if you like them, you'll like Truck Oh, fighters. I see. That's good. Yeah, promoter of the band. <laughs> <laughs> what over, Van Gogh? <laughs>